This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and uh, this isn't exactly a, cor- a correction. Eh, maybe kind of, but last week when I was talking about the uh, about the follow up, the, the 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 fallout of the poorly researched uh, program, uh, Amelia Earhart: The Lost Evidence, that was on the Not So Much History Channel, uh, I mentioned a fellow named Rick Gillespie. Now, in the week since last week, I've learned a little more. And uh, Rick Gillespie is, is one of those guys that thinks that there's some different history to what has uh, to what happened to uh, Earhart and Noonan, uh, Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan, on that flight 80 years ago. And he he's, he doesn't think that they were captured by the Japanese and imprisoned. He thinks that uh, somehow uh, they managed to land on another island and live out some kind of middle-aged Blue Lagoon thing. Uh, that's what he thinks. So the National Geographic Channel, I guess, you know, they're not very good about researching their stuff either. Uh, I guess they had some special that touted that explanation for what had happened. So, yeah, you know, so Rick Gillespie's name did come up. Um, also speaking of the, the whole fiasco, um, Brian Dunning, who does a podcast called Skeptoid, uh, did a, uh, a a really good follow up on what happened with the Not So Much History Channel and, and that kind of stuff. And also uh, Ben Radford, he uh, he wrote an article about it for CSI, I think it is, online. So I will I'll link to both things. You can uh, you can check those out in the show notes. The show notes, as always, are at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you'll find the show notes. Um, you can always email the show, too. It's at uh, drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And you can get this show on iTunes. Download it from there. And you can look at where other places you can get podcasts. Some people that I know have found it through other sources than, than iTunes, and I think you can go to Podbean directly and subscribe there or follow me there. Um, I'm trying to get more people listening. <laughs> and if you like the show, please, you know, give me a good rating and a, and a good review. Uh, if you don't like the show, then what are you listening for? Why? But I hope you like the show, and I do what I can. So, here we go. Um, uh, also, a follow-up from last week. Uh, remember the uh, the uh, the remote viewing person who um, wouldn't remote view for me, but did give me this kind of vague 
cold reading kind of thing. Well, well, it was cold. It was no kind of thing to it. It was cold reading. She was just throwing out a bunch of guesses and hoping stuff would land or that I would meet her halfway or more than halfway and say, Oh my God, I'm amazed. I do have a black lamp. <laughs> I do have a big toe on my right foot. I have one on my left foot as well. Or, you know, whatever. You know, just meet her and, and make it seem like, Oh gosh, you're just so amazingly psychic. Uh, the thing I'm, the reason I'm bringing her up again, uh, she did post on Facebook that um, uh, she posted the following words. I, I hope I have it exactly correct, but she posted, uh, "Change of plans, going to be going to Kentucky. Change of plans." <laughs> and I'm telling you, I fought, and, and I really fought back the urge. I said, "Nope." I'm not doing it. I'm not commenting. I'm not doing it. It's not good to, to appear as though I'm piling on. See, we've already had a little, you know, the little back and forth. And if I go in again a few days later, uh, it's going to look like I'm piling on. And I shouldn't do that. But, oh, man, <laughs> did I want to post a comment on her thread saying there was a change of plans and that she's going to Kentucky to say, funny, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> See, psychic, you know, psychics should never have changes of plans because shouldn't they see them coming? The uh, whatever it is that changes the plans, shouldn't they? Shouldn't they? But do you know what they'll tell you? Oh, it doesn't work that way. Oh, well, that's convenient. That's convenient. It doesn't work that way. Except when it does work that way, when you can retrofit it later and say, see, I said that this would happen, and see, it did. Well, you said something kind of, sort of like that might happen. You know, like, uh, I predict that sometime this year there's going to be an earthquake somewhere along the Pacific Rim. <gasps> wow! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, gee whiz, somewhere along the Pacific Rim there's going to be an earthquake. Well, you know, there's that's, that's where they happen. Well, they happen elsewhere too, but they happen practically, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of a school where I don't know for sure, but they happen a lot. Maybe even every day there's a little tremor, a little something along, you know, because the Pacific Rim is a large area, and it's a very active area tectonically, so chances are there's going to be some earthquake activity there in a given year it's just chances are pretty good so you know and then when something happens they see i predicted that which then again see what good are you because your prediction or your whatever you didn't prevent anything what good are you it's you're just retrofitting everything after the fact i mean you know you said something vague that i suppose could be could be shown to be that. I mean, like Nostradamus. Yeah. Nostradamus is supp supposedly predicted Hitler. But, you know, it didn't prevent Hitler. It was only after Hitler that people said, oh, here's what he meant. This is bullshit. I mean, this is, what good, even if, even if he did, what good did it do? Didn't stop him. Didn't, didn't keep the World War II from happening and all those millions of people, what, something like 55 million people dying because of that war? Didn't stop it. So I had a dream that a plane, that a plane was going to crash, and two days later a plane crashed. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, if all you do is have a dream that the plane's going to crash, 
and you and, and you even tell people the next day, I, I dreamt a plane crashed. What are we supposed to do? Ground all flights for for how long? What good what good is that? <laughs> how does it benefit us? And you know, it's it's called the the I think it's called the law law of large numbers, something like that. Um, you know, something that happens. What was it? I heard. I think it was Michael Shermer. I heard explaining this. Something that happens in the United States that might be considered a one in a million chance happens like 350 times a day. You know, if something has a one in a million chance, a chance of happening on, on you know in a 24-hour period, it'll happen 325 times a day because there's you know of of you know related to a, a person, a person predicting or having a, a dream about a plane crashing. If that's that, you know, one in a million happens on any given day in the United States. It'll happen 350 million times, or 350 times, because there's about 350 million people here. Does that make sense? You know, it's just, and when it doesn't get fulfilled, when the prediction, the prog, uh, the, the uh, pro, uh, whatever, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word and I can't think of it. Uh, if it doesn't happen, then we just forget about it. You forget the misses. You remember the hits, and it's never good to forget the misses. She will not be happy. <clears throat> so, yeah, change of plans. <laughs> it's funny you didn't see that coming. Well, all right, enough of the fun. Um, once again, yeah, uh, the, the Twin Cities is in the spotlight for uh, a couple, two... Uh, police-involved shootings. Uh, one of them uh, was uh, a, uh, not a huge event. It's a slightly smaller event. One of them, pretty huge. And the slightly smaller one happened earlier. Um, a, a woman sent her home security video to the news or to whomever uh, to show that her two dogs, they happen to be a breed of pit bull, I don't know exactly what kind, but two dogs having been shot by a Minneapolis police officer. Uh, the reason this happened was uh, um, the daughter had entered an alarm code incorrectly and that set off an alarm and she didn't, and the police came out to check on things. I believe there was one officer at the front of the house and, and this other officer went around to the back. I think his last name is Mays, M-A-Y-S. I think that's his name. And he climbs over a big privacy fence and he gets into the backyard and the, the body came, the, well, you see the, you see the video from the security camera, there's no sound. And then a few days later or well, maybe a week later, we got the video of the the body cam showing the event and what we see in the house cam is uh, we see one of the uh, well what you see in both videos actually is you see uh, one dog approaching the police officer and kind of at a little trot tail wagging and then it does a sort of a stop and then it slowly starts to approach and the police officer shoots it and it flips away and runs off, and then just after that, the other dog 
a darker brown dog. This other, do the first dog was uh, white with tan coloring. Uh, the other one's a darker brown, and that dog comes kind of charging forward, but still, it not. It's hard to say how fast it's going because it's hard to see it, but it it starts coming forward. It, the police officer shoots that dog twice. Now there's video of this on the internet. So I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, and it's you know it's kind of disturbing. You know it's not fun to watch dogs get shot. Uh, and and if you think it is, there's something wrong with you. Um, and that that video went out uh, onto the internets and public outcries. What the hell? The dog's approaching your wagging its tail. Well, hang on there. Hang on. Now, I'm not. I, I still think that uh, the cop was a little, a little quick on the trigger, but the, you can't hear what's going on there. You can't hear. Maybe the dog's growling. Um, you know, the the owner of the of the house and the dogs. She was at a press conference. She says, you you know, you can tell that the dogs aren't growling because if you if they were, they you know, they would have seen bared teeth or you would have seen the you know, you would have been able to tell, but I don't. You know, I, I don't think so. I think you know. I we ha I had a dog once, <laughs> Amy and I, and he could growl without baring his teeth or pulling back his lips or anything. He would. It would be a throat growl, you know, kind of a deep kind of thing. Then that might have been happening. But from my point of view, it's just looking at it. That first dog that was approaching did not seem to be, you know, it, he was trotting up to the guy, not charging him. Uh, the other dog, I think, started a, a bit of a charge because of the shooting of the first dog. It's like, ran, and just kind of did this arc. Didn't run straight at the guy and go get him. He just ran this kind of this arc around in front of the guy, the cop, and the cop shot it twice. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know dog behavior, but it seems to me that that maybe have been, that might have been a reaction of the first dog getting shot, and the other one was coming to maybe... You know, to the other dog's protection, rescue, whatever. Um, but I, I was looking some stuff up because I, I remember seeing some documentary about dogs, and one of the points that they made on it is that, uh, you know, wagging tail doesn't necessarily mean I'm a happy dog, I'm approachable, I'm safe. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, and they were showing that uh, sometimes a dog can be giving you mixed messages. It's a wagging tail, which might mean I'm happy and I'm safe, while the, the, the fur on the back is up. Right, you know, and, or the body posture is more of, a, in a, in a more of an aggressive posture, but the tail's wagging. So there's, that can be kind of confusing. And then I, I looked this up, and it's, um, again, I'll link to this. It's on the, there's an article, uh, Psychology Today, online and it says that a wagging tail uh, can also mean fear, insecurity, a social challenge or even a warning that if you approach you are apt to be bitten. So just don't you know it, it it's it's a little more involved than than just like well the dog's wagging his tail it's a friendly dog why didn't you just pet the dog um, it's, it's the and and the officer had to figure out what to do. So, uh, and then he kind of, after he shot the two dogs, he sort of backed up and crawled back over, you know, climbed back over the fence. And I guess he went around to the other side of the house and talked to the daughter 
and he he he, he said, "Are the dogs okay?" And he, I, I believe he was apologizing to her, and she's all shook up and and, and that. Um, uh, it's hard to say, but it did seem to me the first dog that was approaching did not seem to be aggressive, and maybe the guy jumped the gun. <laughs> Not to make a pun out of that, but maybe was a little quick on the trigger. Mm, maybe. Oh, also, the dogs will recover. They weren't killed. They will recover. And we'll see. You know, you know, the homeowner and the dog owner has, you know, has uh, gotten an attorney. She's uh, she's taking this to the Minneapolis Police Department. She's making sure that, well, you know, <laughs> it was a mistake that the alarm went off. The police were doing what they should, check it out, but I don't know. Seems to me that could be handling it differently. Uh, it, in fact, and maybe I would have been wrong to, maybe I was wrong to do what I did, but um, when I, uh, oh geez, I think it was in my 30s or late 20s, uh, I picked up a, a, a paper route of all things. Just needed some extra income. I had a friend, I had a couple of friends that delivered papers and had done so since, I don't know, probably you know since junior high or maybe even sooner. I'm not sure. And and you know, they'd done it a long time, and they, you know they made okay money and as far as delivering papers go, and got decent tips and all that. And it was something they did, but I think they had other jobs as well. And I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. And I got a terrible route, terrible route. Not one of these go up one block, down the other side, and up the next block, and down the other side. And it wasn't like that. Mine was like, there's a little bit over here, and there's a little up and down the block here, and there's a little bit over there, and there's one house over that way, and there's one. And, and when, um, you know, the friends of mine who were delivering papers at the time, when I told them the route that I had, they said, oh, yeah, I know that route. That's that route sucks. That's a bad route. But you know, you're the new guy, so they give you the bad route. You know, this is after you know, we might get a better route later. But well, it didn't last for very long. Uh, it just was, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, I I even got to the point where I was working the janitor job. Uh, I don't know what else I was doing, but um, I decided you know not to even just go to bed because the papers would be delivered to the depot where you go pick them up at a certain time, and I'd go get them and. And it's figure just just don't even go to bed just go and deliver them and then go home and go to bed and, you know it just was a it was ah, ah. <laughs> and uh, anyway it was one uh, one morning I'm delivering the papers and a dog got out of its yard and it was like a black lab or something like that and he was kind of he's approaching me not running at me or anything like but he seemed kind of cautious and I, yeah, I'm trying to remember if he growled or anything and I thought what do I do? And I immediately shot the thing because I was carrying a gun. And I sh no, I didn't shoot it. Um, I squatted down, made myself small, and I said, Come here, boy. Come on. Come on over. Come on. Come here. And the dog just trotted over to me. And I pet him and I said, hey, wait, What are you doing here? What are you, you should be in your yard. You should, you know, I'm talking like the dog knows what I'm saying. Wah, 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 wah. It's probably what it hears. And, and then it, it, maybe I shouldn't have done that because. I, that I might have gotten myself bitten, but I didn't. And I meant to ask our letter carrier that uh, brings the mail to the office. Uh, I usually chat with him a couple times a week, and he comes in. We say hi at least, but some, I just happened to be on the phone when he came in, so I couldn't talk to him about you know how he deals with dogs and that kind of thing. 
Uh, but right now, how I deal with things is to take a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return uh, after this break. Station identification. You're listening to Ztalk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Delphal News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit DelphalNews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Delphal News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Delphal News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. Okay, I have something here. It's... It's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I gotta tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And, uh, well, I won't, uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're gonna hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I I think that was clear as day. I heard, well, I don't understand it, but it's I heard bread trout, clear as day. Ooh, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ztalkradio.com.
and welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay. Uh, oh, first of all, first off, uh, you, you, right back there, you, over there, I'm talking to you. You sitting there with your Ouija board, uh, playing along with that Ouija board thing, you know, the board game by Parker Brothers. You, who are wondering what those series of numbers that you came up with that board, what they mean, they mean nothing. Nothing. They mean nothing. Okay? It's nothing. It's silly. Just put it away. Don't play with that kind of crap because it's just silly. It's all the idiomotor effect. Look it up. I'll link to it in the show notes. Make it easy for you. Okay. Um, this was the... Uh, the other shooting, and surely you've heard of this, even if your name isn't Shirley. Uh, a, a young Australian woman uh, uh, living in Minneapolis, uh, fiance uh, to a fellow from here, I guess, and uh, she was uh, she's going to get married to him. Her name is Justine uh, Damon, uh, although that's not her official last name yet. That's her fiance's last name, but she goes by that, so that's what I'm going to use. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not sure I can pronounce her actual last name. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like Rusesh, Ruschek, Ruschek. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm not sure. So let's just call her Damon. Okay. And um, here's what happened. As far as we know, she. Uh, she was home on, I think it was a Saturday night. It was approximately 11.30 at night. She calls 911 because she was hearing from outside her house the sounds of people engaged in what sounded like sex. And she heard a woman calling for help. So she thinks rape. She thinks there's a sexual assault going out there. There's a rape going on out there. So she calls 911. She calls it in. Explains what she hears. Uh, the transcript was released of the, uh, of the 911 call. And about 10 minutes later, a patrol car comes. There's two police officers in it. They're coming through the alley behind the woman's house the woman that called this in, uh, uh, Justine Damon. And she comes out from behind her house and approaches the police car from the, uh, at the driver's side. The officer sitting in the passenger side of the front seat has, I, I think they may both have had their guns drawn, both the officers. Uh, but he certainly did. And he shoots... Justine Damon in the stomach and she dies at the scene. That's kind of, I've been seeing you know, a lot of Facebook saying, well, they shoot first, ask questions later kind of mentality. Uh, what, you know, it, I mean, how does that happen? How, how does that happen? Uh, it's, it, a Facebook friend, who I forget who uh, who was that said it, but she made a good point. Uh, she said, these guys are responding to a call about a possible rape 
uh, with a woman being heard yelling for help. And a woman approaches their car. Why wouldn't they have thought that maybe this is the victim? This is the woman that was calling for help, you know, that was being raped. Why wouldn't they, why wouldn't that been, why shoot her? Now, what we've, what we've heard so far is that uh, there was a loud noise heard just prior to this woman coming out. Uh, I say approach the car. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen some conflicting stuff. I've, I've seen it said as approach the car. I've seen some saying she ran to the car. Uh, I, I don't know how she approached the car. But uh, the police, the patrol car. Um, you and it, so they so they're saying uh, I just this some of this information that has come out is that uh, I think the the partner of the fellow who did the shooting, the partner said that they heard a loud noise and that was startled them and in, and I guess immediately after that she's approaching the car so the partner the the fellow does the shooting reaches across he's he's got his gut he reaches across his his partner that's sitting there behind the steering wheel and he shoots that's i i i just i don't understand i don't get it now the uh the police officer who has been uh he's been suspended the police officer that did the shooting uh, i don't know if i should even say his name but it's mohammed noor uh he'd been a police officer for not quite two years I guess that's still kind of considered a rookie. Uh, it, it, gee whiz, you know. Uh, he's he's a Somali police officer, which is kind of important to have Somali police officers on the Minneapolis police force because Somali has a, or I should say, Minneapolis has a sizable Somali community, and it's kind of you know it's kind of nice to be able to have a police force that reflects the population that they're protecting and serving. And shooting when you call 911. Now, 911 calls happen how many times a day to the police, and the police respond. And how many people are shot that have called in the 911? I called 911 a couple of years ago when a car crashed in the tree outside of our house here. I didn't get shot, but the circumstances were a little different because I was standing outside as the police came there and there was a group of us and they knew there would be a group of us i didn't come out of nowhere and approach the car but there, there wasn't anything like to stop you know hang on so hold up <laughs> there wasn't he didn't give uh, uh his partner a chance who was, who was behind the wheel doesn't give him a chance to just kind of like drive the car up a little bit just to put a little distance between two until you could it's just it's mind-boggling and there are people of course calling for answers and uh, not the least of whom is the Prime Minister of Australia. This Malcolm Turnbull has been on uh, national television here in the States saying that we need answers. How did this happen? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'm flabbergasted that this, what the hell? And I just saw, before coming on uh, to start this up, the show, uh, I just saw that the, what's her name, Hartaw, is that her name? Uh, the, um, I'll have it 
down in the show notes, but it, apparently the police chief of Minneapolis has resigned. I mean, she did it had a press conference, and I believe she was the one that said this this should not have happened. She should not have been shot, you know, that kind of thing. But there was an interesting report. Now, here's the cynical out there on social media saying, well, now that a white woman has been shot by the police, now something will be done. Well, you know... And then there was also this, this suggestion that because the officer himself was black, he's being thrown under the bus. I, well, you know... Um, I saw a report, again, I'll link to this on the show notes, uh, from WCCO Television, which is a local CBS affiliate. And there was a story on there that uh, uh, the reporters at CBS, or, or at uh, WCCO, thought it was um, interesting that the uh, Police Federation, the Minneapolis Police Federation, the union that represents the Minneapolis police officers, had... Uh, declined to um, back up the officer. Uh, they said that uh, they, they're, they're refraining from making any kind of a uh, statement until the investigation is complete, which CCO found that in, uh, odd because they checked their, their reporting over the last 10 years in cases like this where a police officer shoots someone and to see you know what the uh, the the police federation how they reacted after those cases in fact the one I just told you about before with the two dogs within a matter of days they were saying hey you know police officers have to make uh, have to make split-second decisions uh, you're not there in their shoes essentially saying you're not there in that situation a police officer has to make these decisions like that and he's got to protect himself and uh, you know, and you know, this is Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, armchair quarterback kind of stuff. That's the statements they were making, but nothing on this. This it's different. They're saying uh, we need to uh, wait till the investigation has gone through. Now the suggestion I've seen on on, on social media, and it may be correct. They may be right. I don't know. I don't think so, but the suggestion is because he's black. That Officer Noir, Noir, is black. He's a Somali. Uh, I guess he's also Muslim. I mean, I saw that uh, a really deep, dark, cynical thing saying this is just part of jihad, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, come on, please. Uh, I think this is a case of a, a rookie cop that got just a bit too damn jumpy. And it's... Anyway... The thing is, as far as I could tell, and it's and I can't say this very declaratively. Oh, I'm about ninety percent because the officer that shot the two dogs, he appeared to be African American. So I don't think it's necessarily a race thing. I, I I think it's what CCO, their report, what they suggested it was, that the conclusion is that other police officers and the, the union believe that that officer who did the shooting uh, that's that's bad that's bad cop procedure they that's 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 the conclusion that they that WCCO is suggesting so you should watch that report and see about it um, I, I, I can't say that 
I'm absolutely certain that the officer that shot the, the two dogs was African-American, but from the video from the house, it kind of looks that way. Not real great detail, but from the body cam, you can see his arms holding his gun, and it does appear. Uh, and then, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I can't say absolutely, because I haven't seen a picture of the officer. They haven't, you know, like on, usually on the news, I, at least I haven't found one in the newspaper online or whatever where it shows a picture of the officer. I, I'm even not quite certain what his name is. I think it's Michael Mays, but I'm not absolutely certain. I'll do more searching and put stuff in the show notes to see if I can knock, uh, nail that down if possible. But I'll, I'll give you what I got for sure. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then you'll, you'll do with it what you will. Uh, the other, so let's, it's just, it's another thing that's happened. <sighs> Training's got to be, uh, you know, I guess, I, I don't, I thought maybe the, the, the noise that startled them, you know, is it possible that it's the, the it was the gate closing or opening at that woman's backyard, at uh, Justine Diamond's backyard, as she's coming out to talk to the cops. But then there was a, su a suggestion that it might have been uh, a firework going off, um, which is quite possible. And that would that could be, you know, depending on the kind it is, it could be quite startling. Uh, so I just I don't know, man. I uh, I just I don't know, man. Okay. Um, you know, you're aware of this, that the Internet has scams going around. I know, you're shocked. You're falling off your chair, aren't you? Well, um, I had something happen at the office uh, just this past week. Uh, open up the email in the morning. And we use uh, Thunderbird for our email, and so it's it's uh, you know it's, it's the window is split into two frames. The top frame shows you know if you got the inbox open, it shows all the emails that have come in. You know just like the bulk emails, and then in the in the bottom frame it shows whichever email is selected. And I, I think that's kind of like a preview without actually opening the email, without actually clicking on it to open it up, which opens another window. It's just as you can kind of look and see what's in there, and you can scroll up and down and see it. So uh, I open up this email, uh, or I get the email going, and I look in the inbox. And one of the emails in there comes from some, it says it's from the name of some company. I'm not going to give the name. Uh, but then it says the, the subject, the header of the email is that... Uh, um, uh, an invoice for little maintenance that's the company I work for well, I probably shouldn't have said that but I did it's the company I work for is uh, due that day it's due that day uh, which was July 12th so I uh, I look in the, at the preview and I look at it and it looks like there's a, an invoice form in there, and the top line's got uh, um, the you know uh, the name of uh, of the company that owes the money, the company I work for, uh, the amount which was over two grand, two thousand over two thousand dollars, and the due date which was July twelfth. That's when the email came in, and then lower on there, there's a there's a there's a person's name, uh, Hank Jenkins from the billing department, and a phone number with an extension. And then over on the side, there's a little button you can click on that says View Invoice. So you click on that. Well, of course I didn't click on it. But I thought, I don't, you know, at the, looking at, judging at the name of the companies, I don't 
think our company does anything with them. And I start looking at it. I don't think we do anything. That doesn't seem familiar. So I do a Google search to see what I can find uh, out there on the internets. And I'll tell you what I found when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall. I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on ZTalk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what, you think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. And welcome back to uh, Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. As I said, this email comes in, and it looks hinky to me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I'm going to check this thing out. I'm just going to see if this is a scam. So what I do, I go on the Google, and I put in the name of the company that this email supposedly came from. And uh, put the scam after it, and I start scrolling through, and I'm not finding anything. So then um, I notice that there is, I, I, ch- I check, uh, I think the company that this email came from came up in that initial search, even with the word scam after it. So I hone in on that, and I find their website, 
and I go to it and I look at it and it you know it's a full-on website for a company that offers uh, products and services and um, sort of a tech company kind of thing but they have uh, it's, it's, yeah it's sort of a tech company and so I start going through and there's page after page there's all kinds of information it's it's a it's a nice website it's laid out well the the the, the writing is you know that the text on there is words are spelled correctly it's written well it's it's you know, it's looking like uh, this I mean if this is a scam they really want the town to create this website it seems as though this is real and then you know in Google when you put in a company you'll get a little map thing for that company where it'll show what the address is for the, its headquarters or, or just where it's located it might not be the well if it's a worldwide company there'd be a headquarters there'd be other places but you get the little map there and that showed up and, and all this so I thought boy you know this the company itself uh, seems to be legit so started looking around on their web page for contact information to see if there's a phone number or something and, and, and there is and there's an there's 800 number so I decided well I'm gonna call that number I'm not gonna call the phone number that's in the email I'm gonna call the phone number that's on this website that really does appear to be legitimate so I call it up and this very pleasant sounding woman answers the phone says the name of the company how can I help you and I said um I don't know if this is real and she cuts me off and says it's not <laughs> and then I it's not and I said the the email that we have an invoice from you guys nope that's not true it's not real I she said I've been getting calls all morning long from people who are asking the same thing and she sounded she she sounded uh, amazingly in good humor about it I you know I, I I might have been a little put out, but she either that or she's just really a, a professional, uh, you know I don't want to say receptionist I don't know but you know person that fields these calls really good at it really professional at it that keeps her composure even though man she probably gets off the phone and says yeah if I can have an answer another damn phone call about this thing but she answers it and she's pleasant she was very nice about it and I said well okay I thought it was uh, you know baloney I said it's got your your at your company name you know that the 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 email address it's got the at email you know part that's as far as I can tell because I found your other email addresses that are legitimate it's got that and uh, except it says QuickBooks dash something at and the name of the company and something else dot com and so I thought you know somebody's piggybacking I'm not even sure how this this how they, how they work this but somehow they were able to make this email look like it came from a legitimate company and trying to get you to click on that that view the invoice they're trying to get you to click on that because I think that puts in some some kind of you know either virus or malware or whatever they call it stuff to, to kind of mess with you and maybe that gets you some get some money out of you maybe that's what they're doing I don't know but it was a scam so I reported it to the FTC I just kind of filled out a form and sent whatever online and I reported it to them man we'll see what happens but uh, I felt sorry for her I said, well, good luck. It's, it seems like you guys have some, you know, got to get this figured out. 
And uh, but again, she was she was incredibly pleasant when it came to uh, dealing with something that would be I would imagine would be just a major pain in the ass. <laughs> okay, let's see. That's uh, that's taken care. What else have I got? I got a movie recommendation. I'm, uh, I I've. I'm kind of changing things up a little bit just in order to make sure that I get the movie recommendations into the show um, before well, we, you know, before I run out of time. I've been not doing it, so I do have one. I just watched it this week. I haven't seen this movie. I'm pretty sure since it came out in 1982, and the reason I, I watched it is because it's it's directed by George Romero. Who, if you know, he's uh, he's the fellow that's responsible for um, he's responsible for the 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 major canon of the zombie films. Yeah, he's he's the one that kind of set the template. His are the more slower moving zombies. Although I just did watch uh, this is I'm not recommending this one. Although it's not a bad one to watch, uh, Night of the Living Dead. I just watched that one, which I had never seen the entire film. I seen maybe a little bit of it, but I've never seen all of it. Um, I just watched that, and uh, the zombie at the very beginning, the one shows up is chasing this woman around. She he moves kind of quickly. And some of the zombies in there do move kind of quickly, but the, yes, they still have the sort of the slower kind of thing going on as well. So uh, George Romero was, you know, he he, do, he does films of the macabre generally, and uh, uh, and he's you know well respected by horror film fans and all that. Uh, it's just that I wasn't too big into the zombie kind of thing, although you know I can enjoy a good zombie movie. I, I had seen Dawn of the Dead. And I'd also uh, seen 28 Days Later, which I think is... I like the fast zombie kind of diseased person craze kind of thing. I thought that was kind of... that was fun and, and, and a different take on it. I also saw White Zombie, the 1932, 33 movie with uh, Bela Lugosi. Uh, I don't know if it was his follow-up to Dracula, but it was not long after. And that's a different kind of zombie. That's somebody that's um, that's drugged. Uh, or uh, somehow put into the control of another person. It's, it's a different kind of zombie. You're not walking around trying to eat eat flesh. And then the the, the brains thing didn't show up until the film called uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead, which was uh, uh, 1980s sometime. And that's where the brains thing comes from. Uh, and so, all right, the movie I am recommending is Creep Show came out in 1982, as I said. It was directed by George Romero. It, this, uh, it was written by Stephen King. Uh, it's one of the good Stephen King movies. There's, there's, a, there's a couple few. You know, the Shining is great. It's probably the best. Uh, and then, but then there's, you know, Good the Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, man, that's got to be the best Stephen King movie, Shawshank Redemption. Although Shining is really good. And there's, you know, others. But... Um, and funnily, and funny enough, I've never read a Stephen King book or story. I've never read one. Maybe I should try one sometime. My wife says you got to read the stand. It's really good. And others have told me the same thing. But you know, uh, I got, I got, I, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I just don't need to take a red pen to it. I, I don't expect it to correct it. Uh, which, yeah. Anyway, um, Creepshow is an anthology film. There's about, I think, six or seven stories within the movie. 
and it's 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 an homage to the old EC comic books that came out in the 1950s and came under fire by the, uh, the U.S. Senate uh, for um, contributing to the delinquency of, of, of minors because of the, the the kinds of stories that they put out which were they had comic books about uh, horror and uh, science fiction and crime and that kind of stuff it was that's that's what they were doing and uh, it was pretty raw stuff for the 1950s and uh, it, it came under fire uh, the, there was a senator from Tennessee, I believe his name, I believe he was from Tennessee. His name was Estes Kefauver, great name. He uh, he was one of the guys that spearheaded this attack on comic books. Well, EC Comics would have several stories within one comic book, and that's how this movie was set up. And they would even do like split frames, like comic book frames, and they would they have a lot of Dutch angles used. That's where the camera is tilted to, uh, uh, like uh, almost like a forty-five degree angle, maybe not quite, well, maybe. And they'd, they'd set it on angles, and then uh, comic book type uh, illustrations would show up in the backgrounds of like uh, lightning splashes and and stuff like that and frames would show up like that and the coloring whenever something really nasty and in, in action wise would happen there'd be blue and red coloring coming in there and it was really pulling the feel of those comic books and I remember the film didn't get high marks from from critics when it came out but they they just don't understand. Uh, uh, and it starts off. There's a there's an opening. You know, there's a bookmark at the beginning and end, uh, beginning and end of the movie where there's a dad railing against his son reading this crap, these comic books, and uh, it's an EC type comic book. It's not exactly. It's not specifically an EC comic book, but it's a type. And um, you know, he's he's gonna throw it away, and he does, and then the then the then it kind of delves into all these other stories that would be in that particular comic book that the dad threw away. Um, the people that are in the movie, there's a, there's a Ted Danson. He's in there. Uh, who else did I? I wrote it down. Ted Danson and um, Adrian Barbeau was in there. She plays a real <laughs> mean and nasty person. Uh, kind of a... Uh, uh, you know, he, her husband is a real kind of a mousy, kind of milk toast kind of husband, uh, Hal Holbrook. Uh, there's Fritz Weavers in the movie. Uh, Leslie Nielsen is in there. I, this is pre uh, Naked Gun movies. Is that the is that the movies he did? And pre Airplane, I do believe it's pre Airplane. And uh, Ed Harris, a young Ed Harris, which there's a point in there where he's dancing with his uh, either it's either his wife or his girlfriend. He's dancing to some '80s tune. <laughs> It's kind of fun to watch Ed Harris dance. Uh, and uh, E.G. Marshall. This is a guy that goes, you know, a movie guy that goes back into the 1950s and maybe even into the 40s. And he's a real, you know, he usually plays characters that are pretty prim and proper. He's in 12 Angry Men. He's a juror number one, two, four, I think. I think he's juror number four. Um He's the guy that you know. He's asked, "Don't don't you ever sweat?" And he says, "No, I don't." <laughs> and he's he's very controlled and prim and proper. Well, he plays a sort of a an unhinged. Well, it's it's going to be redundant to say an unhinged uh, Howard Hughes type, but he plays this Howard Hughes type that's in this room. And he's obsessed with clean, and there's these bugs. He's obsessed with killing all the bugs. And I'm telling you, E.G. Marshall drops f bombs like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> 
And it's kind of fun watching this guy dropping the F-bombs. Uh, especially when the movie starts out, instead of dropping F-bombs, they're saying friggin' uh, or freaking. And I said, like, oh, okay, but it's, it's rated R. And when it gets to that segment with E.G. Marshall, bam, 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 he's dropping them. Uh, there, zombies show up in it. Uh, Stephen King shows up in it. He has a, a small uh, one-vignette uh, uh, segment in which he plays this kind of a yokel, and, uh, and a meteor crashes into his uh, into his property, and uh, he he has uh, he thinks he's going to get rich off of selling this meteor, but uh, he ends up getting something else. Um, it's it's fun, and you know think of it as that comic book. Think of it as that. Uh, okay, before I go, I need to. So that it's, it's Crepe Show from 1982. You can get the disc from uh, Netflix, but you may be able to get it from Amazon streaming or something like that. Uh, let's see. I do have uh, the top three cool things of the week. Now, you guys, number three. You guys know I like baseball and Minnesota, the Minnesota Twins. They're my team. Uh, they are, you know, they're doing a lot better than I expected them to do this year. I expected them to do a bit better than last year. Last year was the worst year in the franchise history. But um, I figured they were going to be on a rough stretch here. They have 12 games, three games at the start uh, against the Houston Astros, one of the top teams in the league, second best record right now. Uh, then three games against the hated Yankees. Who's also one of the top teams in the in the league, faltering a bit of late, but they're also pretty good. Then three games against the Detroit Tigers. Well, okay, the Detroit Tigers aren't doing so great; they're struggling this season, but still. And then three games against the L, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, and they're they're the they've got the best record in baseball. They've got a, I mean, they they got a pitching staff that is just killer, and they have this stretch. This is coming out of the All-Star break, and I, I called it uh, hashtag Twins Rough Stretch. And each day, I put the score. And at this moment, I don't know what the score is for the game today, but the Twins were trailing uh, uh, Detroit, which that would figure that Detroit would probably give them the most trouble. But before today's game against Detroit, the Twins... Uh, had, they lost the, their record against the Houston Astros was one and two, so they took one game of that three-game series. Their their record against the hated Yankees is two and one in that three-game series. They took two, and it's the first time they took they won a series by the Yan from the Yankees since uh, since 2009. So I mean, they're doing pretty good. I mean, it, it, you know, before today, I don't know what it is today, but before today, they had a 500 record in this in the first six games of this 12-game rough stretch. So that's cool. That's I think that's pretty cool. The second thing, number two of my cool things of the week, uh, and I have to give credit to Julie Lynn. She's a Facebook friend. She posts some interesting stuff and some funny things. She posted a picture of Gene Simmons of Kiss. The, the rock and roller. Well, Gene Simmons is now 67 years old. And she posted a picture. And I'll have this on the show notes so you can take a look. She posted a picture of him uh, uh, taking a brisk walk, it looks like. And he's wearing a blue polo shirt and a navy blue uh, sweatpants, it looks like maybe, or jogging pants, and uh, white uh, tennis shoes. And he's got a bottle of water in one hand and a, and a towel or something in the other hand. And he's got his jet black dyed hair kind of flopping on the top of his head. And he's, you know, he's moving along. So you just look at him and says, oh, look at that guy. I mean, cut his hair. 
put him in a in a three piece suit, and you could say, you know, he's the you know head accountant for, <laughs> you know, or the lead legal counsel for you know the defendant or something. So okay, that that's that was this is cool because I think this is pretty damn funny. Uh, uh, Julie Lynn, she shares this picture and she writes this. I want to rock and roll all night and get a moderate amount of sensible exercise in sturdy shoes and stay hydrated as befits a man of my advanced years every day. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I said that's brilliant. Uh, and the number one coolest thing uh, from the week, have I got it? Uh, the number one coolest thing of the week is my friend Chris Brown. His son, Ethan, was on the uh, Fox program Superhuman, where he shows he, he he does this thing called the Magic Square kind of thing, where it's numbers and he I don't know how many it's a grid. I'm not sure how many across the top and how many up. It's a square with all these, and he has people put in numbers, and he makes sure that each row and each column adds two, and they have a target number which was 182. And he does this national television. He does it. It's I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he does it. He impresses everybody. I'll have links to it on the show notes. Dimland.com. Click the blog option. It's really cool. I hope you had at least three cool things happen to you this past week. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, and I made it to the end of another show. And I might not have any mistakes this one. Fingers crossed. It's not over yet. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z... Oh, you've been listening to Dim... Oh, damn, was that a mistake? Ah! <laughs> you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to dr dim at dimland.com that's d r d i m at dimland.com and the opening theme song ram is by theolius and is used with permission Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going, I'm going to hell. To hell.